Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Nationals Park in D.C. It's the Washington Nationals 7, the Cleveland Guardians 6. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And hey, morning people, I'm challenging you again because I haven't gotten any emails in the inbox in a few days And I want you to be a part of the show this season. I'm going to keep pushing you to email in. So ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Be a part of the show. Join the conversation here on Cleveland Baseball Mornings by just emailing in. Let me know your thoughts on the game, on a player, on something going on with the team. And uh, we will dive into it on the show. So. Now that that's out of the way, again, ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let's dive into the storylines of this one because it looked like we were about to sweep the Washington Nationals. Unfortunately, you know, the big arms at the back of the bullpen were unavailable, pitched two days in a row here early in the season. Uh, If this were a playoff series, you know, it would be something different probably. But Karinczak, Klasse, I think Eli Morgan were all unavailable in this one. So... It was pushed down the bullpen, and other guys had to step up. And I will tell you that, you know, to win a baseball game, you you got to be good. I'm going to break the pitching in half and say you got to be good in all four aspects of the game, right? You got to have the hitting. You got to have the defense. You got to have the starting pitching. You got to have the bullpen. And in the end, uh, you know, the last few days, the Nationals' bullpen had let them down. Uh, this time it's Cleveland's turn. Uh, you know, the one aspect of the game, we start to falter the bullpen. The bullpen let us down in this one. Again, some guys put in roles that they probably wouldn't find themselves in in a playoff series. Tim Herring coming in to pitch the seventh, Sandlin trying to pitch the eighth, uh, and then Trevor Steffen trying to uh, hold things into the ninth inning, and it doesn't work. You know, on the national side of things, I mean, their bullpen does initially, Hobie Harris does initially let us extend our lead. So it, it looked like, you know, maybe our bullpen could best their bullpen, you know, coming out giving up two runs after both starters go six innings, and we extend the lead six to three, and then our bullpen implodes. So, uh, you know, in the long run, well, you know, their, their last two guys, Mason Thomas and Kyle Finnegan, kind of best our last two guys. Now, the other thing is about defense, because up until a point, the Nationals are playing terrible defense, right? They have three errors in this one. So, uh, really, the defense was swinging Cleveland's way. But I got to say, in the ninth inning, they make two fantastic catches in the corner outfield. You know, Lane Thomas, actually early in the game, had tried to slide for a Zanino pop-up, and it got under his glove and went for a double. Now in the ninth inning, you know, to kick things off in the ninth inning, he's able to slide and make a fantastic catch. Uh, Alex Call, I, I honest to God, don't know how he didn't break his wrist uh, going to the wall and catching a uh, catching a ball foul territory. Uh, I'm They show it in, in, in full speed. He just makes this catch at the wall uh, on Will Brennan fly ball to the left. He makes this catch and then, you know, kind of bounces into the wall with his body, the padded wall out there, and it doesn't look like much. But when they slow it down, his wrist 
his hand where he caught the ball with his glove was between him and that padding. And I mean, oh, I, I'm just imagining if the wrist had gone the other way, like the wrist goes up and the glove goes up and then bounces, you know, kind of over the top of the, the fence there. If it had gone the other way, oh, man, he came, he came really close to a, a bad injury there with smashing into the wall. So, uh, yeah, two good defensive plays there, two good catches. Um, and then Quan ultimately called out on strikes. Uh, you know, Finnegan threw a, throws a really smoking fastball. And uh, maybe he was expecting, a, you know, some other guys that ball might have dropped a little bit or had a little movement to it. But Finnegan threw a dart uh, right at the knees and gets uh, Quan locked up there. So uh, when it counted... When it counted, the Nationals had the defense. I wouldn't say they they won the day defensively, but when it counted, the Nationals had the defense there in the ninth inning. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a rough one. And, and frankly, I mean, the, the Nationals lineup was hitting all day. 13 hits to 9 hits for the Guardians. I mean, some guys had big, big series. Lane Thomas with multiple extra base hits. Uh, Manessis, uh, multi-hit day. Candelario, four hits. Uh, including the solo home run, two runs scored, two RBIs. I mean, Candelario, frankly, MVP on the day, if I were, you know, doing this just from a baseball perspective, would be Candelario, right? I mean, four for five on the day. He really impacted this game a lot. And he's had an impactful series. A lot of guys had had good series offensively for the Nationals. The Guardians just kept pulling away with it. I mean, the Nationals have been up have taken the lead in all three games, twice now in the first inning. So there, there, there was nothing wrong with their offense in this one. The Guardians just kept coming back and beating them and were better, and their bullpen was shutting things down late in the game. It doesn't happen in this one. So, uh, you know, Candelario was interesting. Uh, it felt like he was just kind of throwing his bat at a few pitches, getting a few kind of flare bloop hits early in the season series he does finally square one up on Bieber and you know absolutely smoke a home run off him uh was that in the second uh when was that the third inning yeah to lead off the third inning 110.1 mile per hour exit velocity 401 so what was going on with the Nationals how were they uh you know loading up on the Guardians like this uh loading up with 13 hits well Frankly, frankly, a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. A lot of missing the target from Guardians pitching. A lot of leaving things up here. Uh, Candelario does, you know, the cutter that he hits for the home run is at the thighs. But I I don't think this is exactly where uh, Bieber wanted to locate it. And according to the Nationals broadcast, they're pretty good low ball. You know, Candelario is a pretty good low ball hitter. So, uh it's probably not the location he wanted, but gives up a lot of hits up above the belt, uh, including the double to Stone Garrett. Lane Thomas does go out and get his double by poking it into right field in the second inning. He does take a cutter away off the plate. That's just a good approach from a right-handed hitter facing a cutter that's breaking away from him. And we would see the Guardians hitters do that. We would see Quan and Brennan both shoot things you know, the opposite way uh, for hits in this one. So uh, kind of taking a page out of our book and uh, sticking with an outside pitch the other way. 
Uh, the home run that Luis Garcia hits is a slider that's up that, you know, get not anywhere near where Tim Heron was supposed to throw this ball. And Garcia turns on an inside pitch for the left-handed hitter. And again, 107.7 really rockets one out there. Uh, Sandlin's hit was up at the belt. Trevor Steffen, the hit he ultimately gives up to give up the go-ahead run to Manessis is a fastball up at the letter, actually above the strike zone. Manessis actually goes up above the strike zone. But the point is a lot of things up. A lot of things up. Now, the one thing that Shane Bieber has working for him is when he gets into these situations, even giving up you know, multi-hits in an inning, three hits are given up in that first inning, but he's got that strikeout pitch. He gives up the double to Lane Thomas. He immediately strikes out Dominic Smith, helps him out. Now, they do have back-to-back singles after that before he's ultimately able to get out of the inning, but uh, you know that strikeout pitch is always a threat. Gives up a double to Stone Garrett, almost gets out of it in the second inning. Strikes out C.J. Abrams, strikes out Victor Robles. Then he gives up the double to Lane Thomas, uh, so he can't quite get out of that one unscathed. Came close in this one, uh, but I think this is the difference between maybe what was going on with him and what was going on with Cal Quantrill. Uh, he's always got that strikeout when he gets into sticky situations. Plesak, Quantrill... Not big strikeout guys. Not big strikeout guys. Bieber can save himself with the strikeout. He actually doesn't do it in the fourth inning. Back-to-back singles to lead off the fourth inning. He looks like he's against it again. Um, and uh, the uh, gets a force out, a pop out, and a ground out. So he doesn't use the strikeout. Uh, does use it in the uh, sixth inning. Does use it after a walk in the sixth inning. He's able to strike out Lane Thomas to end that thing and end his day. So, you know, I was thinking about it. How good is Shane Bieber with runners on base, right? Uh, What does the season-long numbers look like so far in this situation? I'm telling you, completely different pitcher with the bases empty right now and with men on. He's, He's actually pitching fantastic when men are on base. Uh, so with the bases empty, with the bases empty uh, in 49 uh, at-bats and 52 plate appearances, we'll go with the plate appearances, 52 plate appearances with the bases empty, they're hitting 306 off Bieber this season. I believe this is updated with yesterday's numbers. It's a good thing about an early uh, game. Baseball reference has time to update their splits, which they have by far the most detailed splits. So they're hitting 306 batting average off of Bieber with the bases empty. An 836 OPS. Batting average ball in play, 342. Uh, the uh, the split OPS, the OPS relative to the rest of the league. Uh, so the OPS plus uh, is SOPS plus is 130 with the bases empty, which means 30% better than league average. They're hitting against Shane Bieber with the bases empty. He does have seven strikeouts to three walks. It's good for a 2.33 strikeout to walk ratio. Now, with men on, this isn't even men in scoring position. This is just men on. Anywhere on the bases. 49 plate appearances with men on. Uh, They're only hitting 178. So that batting average is dropping from 306 to 178. The OPS is dropping from 836 to 469. 
He's almost cutting it in half. Uh, the uh, the SOPS plus, so the split relative to the league's OPS, comparing him to the rest of the league, they're hitting a 27 OPS plus off of Shane Bieber with men on base. That's, I mean, that's insanity. That's, what, 63% better than league average uh, when men are on base against him. Again, the strikeouts go up. Uh, seven strikeouts with the bases empty, 11 strikeouts with men on. So we, yeah, we are seeing it. It's a 5.5 strikeout to walk ratio, uh, with men on, as opposed to that 2.33 with the bases empty. So he does get filthy. He does get filthy once men get on base. Um, just 15 hits with the bases empty, only eight with men on. Given up seven extra base hits with the bases empty, six doubles in the solo home run, only three doubles given up with men on. Those are the only extra base hits. Seven extra base hits to three. So, yeah, he is, man. So far this season, he has really locked in once someone gets on base. And he has to do it this entire game because he doesn't go one inning without somebody on base. A lot of hits to lead off innings. Uh, dealing with that, man, he gave up a leadoff hit in the f- leadoff double in the first, a leadoff double in the second, a leadoff home run in the third, gives up runs in all three of those innings, gives up a leadoff back-to-back singles in the fourth, but gets out of it, a leadoff single in the fifth. The sixth inning is a finally the first inning of the game where he doesn't give up a leadoff hit. So maybe not Bieber's best stuff, but again, does what he does when runners get on, he really digs in and gets kind of nasty. So it's a weird line for Bieber because he does technically qualify for what they consider a quality start. Six innings pitch, three runs given up. But but within that, he gives up nine hits, a walk, four strikeouts, the solo home run, 87 pitches. He is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 times. So yes, it's a quality start. It's a no decision, but man, they, they were hitting him. Man, they were hitting him around a lot. So uh, that was the start for Shane Bieber. Uh, what was he throwing a lot in this game? Just looking at his numbers here. Uh, through the four-seam fastball the most, the slider, he didn't go to the cutter. Remember, he was in love with that cutter against some teams. Did not go to the cutter a ton in this game. Nothing really has a high CSW number that we'd expect from him. Uh, you know, a 10% whiff rate, um, a 21% CSW total on the day for Shane Bieber. Uh, kind of gets, let's see if Corbin does better, an 18% whiff rate on the other side for Patrick Corbin, a 26% CSW on the other side for Patrick Corbin. So neither starter really dominates in this one. Uh, Corbin's line on the other side of things, he does give up less earned runs, but gives up more runs total. Uh, like I said, the defense wasn't there early for the Nationals. Corbin goes six innings, only gives up five hits, four runs to earn, no walks for him, four strikeouts as well. Keeps it um, That keeps them in the park, no home runs for the Guardians on 94 pitches. He's only hard hit four times. So yeah, four, five hits, four hard hit balls, but the Guardians are able to put four runs across uh, on Corbin, uh, frankly because of some bad defense. So yeah, the uh, the Guardians offense get a huge rally going in the top of the third inning. 
it's uh, it was nice to see them kind of come to life. It was the bottom of the order that was really driving things. I mean, Gabriel Arias, Francona said he was going to mess with the lineup, you know, move things around to kind of spark things, but he hasn't really done it. I mean, he puts Gabriel Arias in this lineup to play shortstop, gives Amin Rosario the day off, but instead of bumping Andres Jimenez up to the two-hole, oh, Jimenez did go off for four, he puts Gabriel Arias in there, and Arias has a terrible day. Uh, two strikeouts, and I believe he grounded into a double play. Uh, Quan, once again, no matter who's hitting behind him, somehow finds himself in a double play in these situations all the time. But the Guardians have a great third inning. Starts with a Zanino double. So the bottom of the lineup getting it done. Brennan goes, they go back-to-back doubles. That's what I'm talking about. Brennan shooting things down that left field line. Uh, then Straw reaches on that fielding error by shortstop. Abrams just can't. The ball just eats him up. Quan would then single, uh, shoot one through in the center field. A nice job by him bringing in Brennan to score. I mean, the Guardians really look like they have, I mean, this is, they're going first to third on this one. Uh, you know, Straw goes first to third on the Quan single. They're just keeping runners on the corner. And then uh, they tried something here. Again, defense letting the Nationals down early. They try something where the catcher, uh, Ruiz, tries to... Quan steals second. Runners on first and third. Quan steals second. Ruiz tries to throw behind the runner at third. The Nationals broadcast team, which a lot of the highlights came from the Nationals broadcast team. Hey, they were scoring a lot of runs, getting a lot of hits. Uh, Ruiz tries throwing behind Straw at third base, thinking maybe they can pick him off. But Candelario is nowhere in the ballpark for this play. Can't handle the throw. It goes down the left field line, and Straw comes in to score. So bad defense gives us another run in this inning. Gabriel Arias is called out on strikes. Terrible day. You know, Gabriel Arias, I was excited out of spring training. I was excited for him to be here. I thought he would get more at-bats. I thought they'd find more ways to work him in. Maybe he's a guy that needs to play every day. Maybe coming off the bench isn't working for Gabriel Arias. I, I'm just I want him here. I want him, but if he can't handle this utility role, if he can't handle this playing once, twice a week kind of situation, is this the best situation for him and for his development? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying send him down and bring up uh, Tyler Freeman. I'm just just questioning it, just throwing it out there for now. We'll see how many plate appearances uh, Arias gets throughout the week, see if he can uh, get back to the guy he was in spring training. I know there's a big difference between spring training and the regular season, but you got to admit he was hot coming out of Arizona and ice cold now, batting 100, 482 OPS. So it wasn't working today for him. Uh, Ramirez would ground out softly. It would be up to Josh Bell back in the cleanup spot because, frankly, Josh Bell has just been crushing while we've been in Washington. We'll see if that changes when we move on to the next series. But he delivers a double. He frankly gets one that kind of jams him, and he's able to pull those hands in and pull it into left field. Uh, So it's a good job of hitting by Josh Bell. For a ball that looked like it jammed him, he actually gets some pretty good wood on this thing. 105.5 mile per hour shot in the left field. So brings in Quan to score. They don't strand Quan out there uh, with two outs before Gonzalez would strike out to end the inning. Uh, so, yeah, I know rally that starts at the seventh spot in the lineup. Gonzalez didn't have that good of a day either. He's hitting uh, 132 on the season with a 359 OPS. You can see why Will Brennan is getting the at-bats and, and Gonzalez is not. 
Um, Brennan literally hit his way into this lineup and into this into, into this starting outfield. Um, even though he was in left field today with Quan getting that DH day. I said yesterday, we'll see who gets the DH spot. It was Quan who got it in this one. Um, so, yeah, so that's the big rally. But, you know, it was a situation where we scored and then we let them answer right back. So they add another one in the bottom of the third and 3-4 game. We ride that for a while. We extend that lead in the seventh and then they answer right back. And we talked about how important that is. Throwing up a zero after your team scored. Hold that momentum for a little bit. And uh, we can't do it in this one. We let them right back into the game in the bottom of the seventh inning. And uh, then they run away with things in the eighth off Nick Sandlin. So uh, just they did it with rallies. They did it with good rallies in the seventh and the uh, eighth inning, which they've been doing all game. Uh, Actually, two out little rally here in the seventh. The single from Candelario and then the home run from Garcia. Both balls hit over at 107 mile per hour exit velocity. Um, So it looked like Heron might get out of things before he makes that mistake to Garcia. And then uh, then they rally in the eighth inning. They get the single, a walk from C.J. Abrams, a sack bunt from Victor Robles, moves those runners over. You know, they're down one at this point. So you see why they're sack bunting, trying to get that runner to third. So many ways for them to score. And one of those ways is a sack fly to center field where the catcher blocks the plate. Now, frankly, I don't care if you're like, ah, I'm old school and I liked when the catcher could block the plate. I liked when, you know, guys were getting their knees destroyed because the catcher was blocking the plate or legs broken. Uh, remember the guy, I'm blanking on his name, but the catcher for San, San Francisco, that's what really sparked this whole thing, right? Didn't he get his knee just absolutely destroyed in one of these? And I know Cleveland, the history, we, you know, our catcher breaks his leg in the All-Star game. But the one in San Francisco, because he was the face of the team. He was he was a multi-time All-Star. He was one of the faces of the league. And when he got hurt, they decided, nah, this needs to change. This, this is not what we want in this game. So uh, Zanino... Gets called for blocking the plate, but frankly, frankly, Stone Garrett probably scored anyways. Like, even if that rule wasn't there on the replay review, I think he blows through Zanino's foot and gets some part of the plate before Zanino tags him on the hip. So at full speed, yes, it looked like he slid into Zanino's foot and he tagged him out. But on the replay, I think whether it was blocking the plate was called or not, Stone Garrett was probably safe on that play. Um, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, Zanino comes up limping off of this one. It's, I, I don't want to see guys get their legs broken anymore, uh, you know, at the catcher position. So you just, I mean, you need a, a, a half a step forward, a half a step up towards this throw. You know where the plate is. You're not playing this like a first baseman. So you just set yourself just a half a step forward and you give them a little bit of the plate to slide it, slide at. And it's just now it's about the speed of getting that tag down um, as opposed to, you know, using your body to block the plate. Uh, even if it's just his foot. Like, he didn't throw his shoulder into him. It was just his foot. But, yeah, I mean, it's enough for someone. I, look at the broken ankle of the Pirates' star shortstop. Now, that was a different situation where he was trying to slide in the catcher because he knew he would be out this is a different situation. This is Stone Garrett trying to get that plate and trying to beat that throw. By the way, great throw for Miles Straw. Hell of an arm out there in center field for Miles Straw. But 
That's the tying run, and then Manessas is able to, after another walk and a single, again, Manessas takes a high fastball and shoots it through in the right field and brings that runner home from third for the go-ahead run. So a rally in the eighth inning gets it done. So a little two-out rally in the seventh, but a big rally in the eighth for those Nationals. Uh, Straw tries. He gets on with a single from uh, the bottom of the order. Uh, But Quan again, called out on strikes to end the game. So that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, You know, again, I thought we let Washington hang with us all series. I'm kind of surprised they hung in there with us all series. But they find a way to salvage a win in the finale. We still win the series, which, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Guardians Twitter were like, hey, a road series in the National League. You won the series. Be happy with that. It would have been nice to take all three. Maybe it's me being a little selfish, but I thought, especially with the 6-3 to three lead, our bullpen has to lock that down. Even if you're not the stars of the bullpen, even if you're not Karen Check and Class A, we still all believe you know, that Sandlin and Stefan are important parts of this bullpen, and I expect them. I expect them to be able to come out there and compete, and they didn't have it. They just didn't have it. The bullpen didn't have it in this one. And Tim Heron, again, comes close to getting out of that inning. Puts down the first two guys before suddenly they jump on him for a two-run home run. So, all right. That's all my thoughts on this one. MVP on the day. Ooh, man. Uh, There's a lot of Guardians with multi-hit games in this one. Uh, I think think I'm going to go with... Ooh. I think I'm going to go with Miles Straw on this one. Multi-hit game from the nine-hole again. Man, he's hitting 333 on the season with an 835 OPS. But multi-hits, including the double, uh, two runs scored, made a hell of a throw out there in center field. On a day where it's kind of spread around offensively, sure, I'm going to go with Miles Straw as MVP on the day. Unfortunately, in a, in a loss, it's, it's a lot harder to find that guy, right? Find that guy that really stood out for the team. Again, uh, Zanino with another double. Uh, Zanino, Brennan, and Straw, and uh, Bell, all with multi-hit games, all with, R- you know, uh, some of them with RBIs, some of them with runs scored, all had doubles on the day. Uh, so kind of hard to differentiate between all of them who who really had the most impact on this one. So, like I said, Candelario for the Nationals was probably the MVP on the day, if I'm, if I'm being fair. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I know it kind of sucked losing the finale in this one, but hey, we move on to another series where we should we should have a chance to rack up some wins against Detroit. I mean, things are not going well in Detroit. We'll have to figure out what's going on with uh, Baez out there. Uh, I think we all thought that contract was a little ridiculous. They were kind of paying him for his past and not his present. And uh, I, I honestly, I remember they pulled him out of the lineup a few days ago, and I haven't heard what happened. So I think we're going to get the full story in this series. But a couple of 640 starts coming up against Detroit before a day game on Wednesday. And it's Gaddis back on the mound against Boyd, the lefty. Big thing for me in this one, who is going to catch? Is Zanino going to be out there catching Gaddis, or are they going to go back to Cam Gallagher, who frankly has done a good job with this pitching staff? So... I hope Gallagher is in there catching because I think Gaddis needs it. So we'll see. We'll be back to discuss that. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, which is now Spotify. 
So if you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. 